You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Happy anniversary, darling. Oh, God. Welcome to Guys Who Like Musicals. I didn't get you anything. You never get me anything. You forgot my birthday. I got you an early birthday present. So an actor is saying his lines, and then out of nowhere, he just starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. So it's our one-year anniversary. Thank you one for being of... here. Thank you for sticking with us. If you're still Holy here, cow. if you've actually listened from the beginning, this y- y- a year ago today, we were sitting here talking to you about the Tony Awards that had just happened, probably yep. sounding like a bunch of fools, which yep. hasn't changed at all. Nope. But today, nope. we're sitting here in the middle of a pandemic, in the mid- middle of a arguably a revolution, a much-needed Revolution needed yet again without a Tony Awards. Yep. And we're here to talk a little bit about some of the things that we haven't paid enough attention to in our yeah. first year. Yeah. Um, uh, just tonight, uh, Dan and I both tuned into the Broadway for Black Lives Matter uh, forum hosted by the um, Broadway Advocacy Coalition uh, that literally just ended and we're recording this on Thursday night. Day two was a day of listening. It was an, uh, a forum, f- a really a generous forum f- for all people, but mainly so white people could sit and listen. Um, white theater makers um, to to listen to, um, you know, the struggle of, of our friends and colleagues uh, of color who have been dealing with racism in the theater for too long. And so we sat and we listened. Tomorrow, uh, we invite all of you to join in for the third day, which is a day of accountability. Um, we got to hear a lot of amazing people talk um, this evening, and uh, we're excited for tomorrow. But uh, one of the things we really want to talk about this week is the Antonio Awards, because we were talking about the Tony Awards a year ago, and this upcoming week is the inaugural Antonio Awards, hosted by, by Broadway Black, a multimedia organization that includes a website and a podcast. Uh, the new award ceremony is going to feature presenters and performers, including Audrey McDonald, Titus Burgess, Alex Newell. The first inaugural Juneteenth Awards will take place on June 19th. You can go on to Playable.com to vote for uh, all of the amazing nominees that were listed by Brian Terrell, Terrell Clark and Crystal Lloyd. Uh, on June 9th, and there's a lot of great stuff here, and there's a lot of important artists that it's it's really um, 
it's time we paid attention to from from this past season. You know, what's really interesting about uh, what has been coming out in the news about the racism in our industry is that, you know, as a white person, I don't think I was quite aware of what was happening, except for the fact that I knew in certain instances that there weren't enough non-white people in rooms. And I was very aware right. that there was only one black person on the Sound of Music tour. Right. I was very aware of that. I was very aware that, that yeah, that Kevin Morrow on the first day of our bandstand meet and greet, uh, everybody went around the room and said what their name was and what their department was, um, you know, what role they played. And we got around and Kevin Morrow stepped forward and said, hi, I'm Kevin Morrow. I'm in the ensemble and I'm the only black person in the room. And everybody laughed. It, it was it was it was one of these moments that, that I'll never forget. And I'm I'm looking at a, at a, in a completely different way now. I mean that was and that was literally 2017. You know, right? And what's interesting, 2016, we had a huge year for black artists. It's the year of Hamilton mm -hmm. and the color purple. Mm -hmm. So we have winners in almost every major acting category are black people. Leslie Odom Jr., Renee Elise Goldberry, and Cynthia Erivo, and I'm definitely missing a few. But it was like this huge year, and Heath Saunders, in this Medium article that he just uh, posted, talked about how we have the illusion in our industry that there is appropriate rec uh, representation because there's so many black bodies on right. stage in the past few years however if you look at the actual structures in place in the theater we realize that there's a lot of work to be done we uh yeah. I, I was kind of doing some research while we were listening to this uh to the broadway advocacy coalition seminar this evening yeah and i was doing some research on the broadway league and there is only one member of the uh the board of trustees that is a person of color it's a black woman so yeah. When you look at that, you can do that same kind of research for the Actors' Equity Council members. Not a lot of representation yeah. there, right? When we talk about the actual theater makers, the actual creative teams that go into making these shows, um, there's only been one person who's ever won a Tony Award for Best Book of a Musical. Stu won in 2008 for Passing Strange, right? When we talk about... It's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's really... It's, it's, it's wild. Um, direction of a Musical... Uh, George Wolfe won in 1996, and Jeffrey Holder won in 1975. That's two. That's it in the history of the Tony Awards, right? So when we and that's just two categories, right? And when when we were, what we were listening to today uh, during the seminar was, you know, Amber Inman said, uh, you know, the the top down theater owners, producers. Right. We're taught, you know, people from the absolute top down. Right. And there was an article in the Times this week about black executives. It's the same thing. Right. There are, you know, the, the, the underrepresentation in, in those areas at the top of industries. How, you know, and, and, and Daniel Watts was talking about it, you know, how do you feel like you're cared about when nobody looks like you? And we have never had to deal with that. So, you know, a lot of us have spent time throwing our hands in the air, knowing that this is true, saying, well, I don't know how we're going to improve it. And I look forward to tomorrow's seminar where hopefully we can have kind of a call to action and some sort of like uh, pragmatic, you know, kind of like a mission statement for us to really follow and try and try and implement. You know, I'm reading from from something that I wrote down from the the lecture today that Liesl Tommy said, where she said the the most the most important thing, it is dire, is to internally shift your feelings towards anti-blackness. 
inward, inward. Why, why do you feel this way? And where have you benefited? And what, what are you going to do? And how are you going to speak out when it happens again? And who are you going to vote for? And it has to come from an in, your in internal place. So like, yes, we're in a pandemic and we can only, we can post on social media and we can do these things, but it is internal work. It is a go out and find books and articles and podcasts and, you know, f- find a way to do the work internally. And I just, I thought that that was remarkable because if she said, if, you know, if you don't internally shift and if our culture doesn't internally shift their feelings towards anti-blackness, it, we're in a dire, we're in dire straits. What's really hard right now about that is that we are in a place where we need to hear the perspectives of black people so that we can understand what it's like. But at the same time, they have been living in this same bubble for 400 years where it hasn't been different. And so for us to say that, that their experience isn't valid doesn't make any sense. Right. And it's not fair. We need to somehow find those resources that are available and at the same time not burden anyone. It's back to kind of what Daniel Watts was saying last week. Like we need to yeah. listen, but we also need to find our we own way. We need to shut up. And we, yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. like this, it obviously is really complicated. And, and it is. And that's the thing. And it's like, you know, the, the, what they were saying today, like they did not need to, the Broadway Advocacy Coalition did not need to have this event tonight. Mm-hmm. We, and we, I am so grateful that they did it. I know that you're so grateful that they did it. I know that I'm grateful for any time that anybody points out something that I can do. They don't need to be doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so go out and find your own shit and then be afraid to say the wrong thing. Like, I don't know what the fuck we're saying right now. This may end up being a whole bunch of the wrong right. stuff, but you know what? We have a podcast and people listen to it and it, we have to say something right. and we're going to be better. And, you know, we're celebrating our one year anniversary. We're looking back on the people we've talked to and the things that we've done and we will, we will be better. One of the things that we wanted to celebrate this week was our conversation with Aisha Jackson, who, again, very graciously didn't need to, but yep. gave a couple of clueless white dudes a a really eloquent look into some of the things that she deals with. Um, she is remarkable. We had this conversation around um, an argument she had with internet trolls um, about Anna's hair. Um, if you remember this conversation from earlier in the year, um, we we have really spliced it together to really highlight her and the way that she was able to speak about this. Um, and so we're going to leave you with that this week. Um, we really hope that everybody tunes into the day three. And I, I think they're going to put day two on YouTube um, that the Broadway Advocacy Coalition um uh, released. I hope that everybody tunes in tonight. And also, uh, Dan and I will be tuning in literally in 10 minutes to the New York Times talk, and that will also be on YouTube. I've been posting it on the, the Guys Select Musicals Instagram, so you can find it there. But they have a dedicated page uh, where a landing page where that event will live in perpetuity, so you can, you can go to that. They're having a really amazing conversation, uh, kind of continuing along with Daniel Watts will be speaking with them and uh, Celia Gooding Jr. and a couple other amazing artists are going to be kind of spearheading the beginning of that conversation. Then there's going to be some performances. There's kind of doing a, a longer series of highlighting some of the things that were not featured this year. But I think before we jump into Aisha, um, Daniel Watts really kind of struck a chord with me and with, with the other speakers. When he spoke about the day when it was announced that George Zimmerman was innocent, after he had um, killed Trayvon Martin. And he 
kind of spoke to management and said, hey, I, I hope that you'll post this or share this. And they said, you know, we're not really comfortable. That's a really hot button political issue. And what he said was, so you're telling me that what the audience might think of the phrase Black Lives Matter is more important than what I am telling you that I am feeling right now in front of you. And yep. that's, that's the thing. Like, we really have to listen because if somebody told you that what you were feeling wasn't justified, you would think that was wrong. So when this entire population of people is telling us that they feel unsafe, it's time that we should listen to them. Well, I've had, it's funny because I've had a few people DM me and it starts with like a, when I walked into the theater and I saw that a, I've even had someone say a colored person, but they're like from a different country oh. and I'm like, oh boy, skin crawl. But right. even in that, in that entire exchange, it went from them just saying that them seeing a person of color kind of threw them off, but throughout the show, they were much more accepting of it. And mm. they walked out of the theater feeling differently than they did walking in. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let's start with that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and then <laughs> I asked, I always ask, if it's okay for me to share people's messages that they send me, whether they are, I mean, if they're negative, I don't ask. <laughs> right. But, right. you know, sometimes yeah. if they start, like they're going to be negative and then they move to a positive place. I just want, I share it because I want everyone to see like, one, with the negative ones, racism and things like that are still very active and yeah. alive in our country. And a lot of people don't think that it is mm -hmm. or they're like, oh, whatever, you know. But I'm like, yeah, it does happen. I, so I put it out there because I want people to see what we deal with. I also know that I try my best to, like, acknowledge it and, and respond to it in uh, a professional way, in a way to, like, let me... Let me give you some knowledge um, so that you won't do this to someone someone else. Mm -hmm. And just like, I don't think that we should respond to hate with hate. Like, it's clearly right. there, it was the way that you were raised or the way that you're whatever, however you think. But in that moment, it doesn't behoove me to get upset and to get pissed and to like go off on you. Right. Because where I just want to come from a place of love and light and I want to be able to, to let you know, like, it's okay. And I know you feel like that, but that's really not valid and it's hurtful. And like, and this is why. And maybe no one would ever tell you that or take the time to explain that to you. Right. Because it's not my job to do so. But Yeah, that's the thing that's so unfair is that you're yeah. in this position where you have to teach someone now. Yes. It's like that's not what you signed up for. You're here to be an actress. At all. You know? Yeah. yeah and but, they don't they don't like I don't Joe and I don't have to teach anyone anything. Right. No. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's the thing with people of color, which is hard. It's like that line of like, ugh, I'm so done with this. But it's also that line of like I don't want this to happen to someone else, and I also don't want to continue dealing with it. So if I call it out in such a way that brings light to, like, you're being an idiot and mm -hmm. you're being ignorant, but I do it in a way that is kind, maybe they'll actually hear it. Yeah, right. And maybe they'll think about it. They might not. They might, not, you know, they might continue right. thinking and feeling and speaking right. in that ignorant way, but... I'll take a stab at Gotta, it. Uh, it was interesting because it was about like Anna has in the movie has this has red has yes. the red this <laughs> like this with these red pigtails or whatever. Right. 
And, and, you know, it felt like this person was coming at you who was younger. It felt yes, like they were, definitely. they were a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's easier, easier to, you know, teach a young dog new tricks as opposed yes. to like some old racist person. But like, if you get a young <laughs> racist person, you might be able to be like, Hey, you know, Hey, but, let me talk it, but to that you. was the thing. It, and, you know, so you were, you were like, this is a fictional character and, yeah. and I, my hair looks like a lot of little girl's hair and, and I'm playing this part and right. this part, it needs to be representative of a lot of things, you know? Well, I sat down with David for who's, my hair. Who's David? David? Oh, uh, Brian Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Dude, the hair designer. Of Frozen. The hair designer of Frozen. I sat down with him. I remember in the very beginning and we were doing our wig fittings and he was like, okay, so I've pulled some like, because I know black women who have red hair and they look amazing. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, my little sister has dyed her hair red and I'm like, okay, cool, girl, you look good. <laughs> but um, David, he came to me and he was like, so I have pulled some red, some reddish browns. We can mix and, you know, we can have highlights of red if you desire. Like, But like figure out what color works with your skin tone and things like that. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. So then we're sitting there and he puts on... This like brown base and then like put some little red highlights in it. And I was like, eh, maybe not that brown, maybe this brown with this red. And so we go back and forth. And then I was like, you know what? I can we just do brown? Like, can we just do my hair color? And he was like, certainly. He was like, Disney has approved, like, you have the choice in this matter. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, think we should just go with my hair. And he was like, okay, and if you change your mind and you want to add things, we can always add. And I was like, cool. And I walked away from that. In that moment, I was just like, yeah, I don't, that's not how I look. Like, that's not right. me. And if I'm going to be stepping into this character, one, I want it to be a resemblance of myself, but yeah. also all these little beautiful chocolate drops that do <laughs> not have red hair, yeah. that are capable of playing the part of Anna, that look up to Anna. I want them to be able to see themselves in me fully. So if I go out there with a red wig on, it's like, uh, you yeah. know, yeah. I just want them to see themselves. And so that I, I was very happy that I made that choice at the end of the day. But that person, so it was cool. so funny because that person was upset about my wig and it was the day of a put in or something. I wasn't in full costume and I had my afro Mm-hmm. Out and I had on the Anna coronation gown, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really cool was that cool. I had on the Anna coronation gown with a fro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just walking around like, Ugh. so I told somebody to snap a picture of it, and I posted it, and people were so upset. And it was so funny because my community of color was like, "Oh, wait, you have a fro in?" And I was like, "I wish we yeah, didn't go that right, far." Right. But, um, but like, you know, everyone Disney like, will do something, but they're not right. <laughs> but that's a little bit too, you know. And I was just Jesus. like, it's really cool that everyone was responding so positively. They were so yeah. excited to see Anna with a fro, yeah. and then you get this crazy like. What your hair is, and then talking, calling my hair frizz instead of calling it afro, and I was like, "Are you referring to my hair?" Wow. Okay, let's um, let's chat. So you know, I don't know. I just think it's important to have discussions, and I also I share it because I know that there are my friends. I have friends that will go and talk to that person in words that I will never say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it's like you get it from both sides, but it's just I don't know. I. It's a it's an issue, and instead of ignoring it, I I don't yeah. you know I choose to Engage. have a conversation, yeah. right. and then if you continue to be stupid and right. like if yeah. you don't want to have a conversation, yeah, then, then the I'm not gonna stops. push, yeah. but I'm I'm also not gonna allow you just to down talk me and not say anything, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because that's not fair. This, the thing that that a lot of people don't get to see that we you get to walk through the the autograph line and you see. These yes. little girls yes. who, who look who in, light up yes, because right. they see someone that looks look, like them. Is right. the, and as, that is not normal. No, it's not. And, and it's it's even to the the point that like that I got upset that these little chocolate drops were well, not upset. <laughs> but I was just like, they come and when they see me, they see themselves and then then they have to go buy a doll that doesn't look like them. Mm, and yeah. right. so yeah. I had a fan who made me a doll that looked like me, and I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Wait, can you make more of these? And so yeah. she made them, and I just like gave them out at the stage door whenever I would see little. Oh, that's so nice. Young, yeah. And not to say that, that, I mean, you can have a doll that is white, black, Asian. No, but there's a like hundred million dolls of little yeah. white dolls. Like there's a hundred, yeah. there's, there's millions but, of those. Yeah. And just like growing up, my mother made it a point that my sister and I saw our skin represented in our toys, in our books, in our, so that we look around and we see ourselves. Yeah, and right. and so for me, I just took that lesson and was just like, okay, it will be beautiful for these young little babies to walk away, especially if they see me up there, to walk away with a doll that looks like them. And right. then they have a piece that's like, oh, okay, I can do this too. Yeah. The impact that that has on kids who don't even know they're being impacted right. by it in the same way that that you know, we were impacted by things as kids. Like y- you should be able to have that same experience as, as a yeah. young person of color. And, and the it's thing, really important. Right. And the thing that makes me upset is like people get in arms about having a person of color portray this princess. But then when you sit down and you look at all the other princesses, we have one mm-hmm. other black right. princess, but right. you know, and so it's just like, why is it fair for you guys to have 50 million of them yeah. and we just get one? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's not fair either. Like oh, yeah. they need to see themselves in different characters, you know, represented in different ways and yeah. in different stories. And it just needs to be a story about a human being. Right. <laughs> and yeah. any human being can, portray that especially if it's not in a certain historic setting or like about a certain i mean you know hamilton it can be about (laughs) right you know historical figures but you know of course we have certain stories that is like no this this part needs to be this race this part needs to be this whatever but there's so many stories that we don't take liberty of just being more inclusive yeah right we have to be so literal yeah and it's like come on i had a student um send me a letter um, saying that some one of her teachers told her that she didn't fit her vision for the role or something like that, and it was like a show, and she was be- it was the same thing like she had a child or she was the child and she right. was a different color than the parent, and they wanted to add a line in there to make sure people knew like she was adopted or she was this or she was that, and she was like it made her feel so small and like not seen and not heard and just. And then she came to see the show and she was just like, I felt seen and I felt heard and I appreciate that. And like, but just her writing to me about that and she's like, and that gave me, you know, <clears throat> inspiration to like keep pushing. And then she was like, you know, at the end of the year, I, I wrote a, sh- a play like with my uh, other classmates and it was just, it didn't matter race and things like that. You know, yeah. we were just... We didn't have to explain it, and it wasn't. I, I fit into mm-hmm. the vision that we created for myself and things like that. And I think her teacher came around in yeah. the end. But it's just like, how can you tell this young woman, "Oh, I'm sorry, you don't fit into the vision of something that's like she can't actually play that, yeah. and it does. It's fine. Yeah. But you, you're making it about right. so much about her race that you're like forgetting that she's a human being and yeah. that. She has the capability to play the to part. To play the part. And maybe <laughs> the best person for the role. Yeah. You know, just like, yeah. But you're just like Xing yeah. her out just because of yeah. that. Yeah, right. 
Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Um, Thank you for sticking with us here to the end. If you're here now, you may be looking for some resources to help you to challenge some of your own thinking and to open your mind to some new perspectives. And so we wanted to take time to provide you with some of those resources. We hope that you'll consider uh, taking some time to listen to some of these things or to read some of these things and do our part in in making the world a better place for everyone. So uh, here's our list. You can check out the 1619 Project. It's a podcast and written form that was put out by the New York Times. And that is uh, an incredibly valuable resource for some of the historical context for what's happening that isn't really covered in most history books. Spotify has put out a bunch of uh, playlists for podcasts you can listen to, and one of the ones that we've checked out recently is called Code Switch. It's put out by NPR. There's another one called Left Right Center, uh, which uh, I posted to my Instagram stories, and why I think that that's so valuable is because they have journalists on the left and journalists on the right not that there's only two sides but that these two people with opposing viewpoints are kind of having conversations about these issues and if you're somebody who feels like they are in contrast to the people around you and that your viewpoints are different it may be helpful in opening your mind and how to have more productive conversations with those people white fragility is a book that that i've was introduced to because of Tyrone and the Social Justice Book Club, and that really opened my eyes to some of the inherent unconscious bias that I have and that I had because of where I grew up and and how I was raised and the world in which we live. And um, I think our friends of color are imploring us to challenge our thinking and to open our minds to different perspectives and um, this is a really good resource for that. Again, if you have any other suggestions of things we should read or things we should watch or things we should listen to, don't hesitate to reach out. I think it's a really important time that white allies come together and create a coalition to encourage each other to be better and to learn and to think more critically about the systems as they exist today, and we hope that you'll join us in that fight. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.